0: Good morning, turn in your Bibles to John 14, 14th chapter of John, I love that song, made me glad. Is our shelter, strong tower, very present help in time of need. As a very present help, that means we're never alone. You tell yourself that I'm never alone, never alone. I'm just never alone. Thank you, Lord. Jesus is speaking. A lot of heavy words. His last. Some of his last times to really pour his life into his disciples before he faces the cross. And verse 25, he says, these things I have spoken to you while being present with you. There's a time is coming when he's not going to be with them. Uh, all, we've, all we have known in our Christian walk is, is the Lord being present with us by the Holy Spirit. But they had him literally present visibly in the flesh with them. And he was going to leave, and there was going to be an ache in their heart that would be very hard to understand. So he's giving them words of comfort that he's, that he's not going to leave them alone. He's sending them his spirit, and he will be present with them through the Holy Spirit so that wherever two or three are gathered in his name, as Jeff said, he's with us, so we're never alone. These things I have spoken to you while being present with you. a time's coming when he's not. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You have heard me say to you, I am going away and coming back to you. If you love me, you would rejoice because I said, I'm going to the Father, for my Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it comes that when it does come to pass, you may believe. I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming, and he has nothing in me. But that the world may know that I love the Father, and as the Father gave me commandment, so I do. Arise, let us go from here. And it's believed the next chapter May have been a continuation of the con of the, of the conversation or another occasion. Um, a great movie uh, is the life of Christ, according to the book of John. W- what is that movie called? It was made a couple years ago. The Gospel, the Gospel of John, I think is what it's called, and you see him saying these words it 's just oh I, I I need to watch it again it 's really good, looking back at verse twenty six again, but the helper the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. And bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Let us pray. Father, I pray for your help today to declare your word. I pray today we would be reminded of things we know. And we would be enlightened of truths we don't know. And Lord, that we would apply things we've not applied. And that we would be conformed to your image more than ever before as a result of the hammer and chisel and loving hand of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Recently, we've spoken a lot about theology. Can you say theology? theology. Which is the study of God. In '07, almost for the whole year, we spoke on the characteristics of God. And in 08, we did a lot of Christology. Can we say Christology? Christology. The study of Christ. We spoke a lot about what we call Jesus in real time. Now we're in a shorter series concerning pneumatology. Can we say pneumatology? Pneumatology. The Greek word for spirit is the word pneuma, or the breath of God, which is the study of the Holy Spirit. Today I'm going to tackle some of the truth about the person of the Holy Spirit. We'll attempt to prove biblically that the Holy Spirit is a person, and as a result of that, how he relates to us. In these perilous times... It is more important than it has ever been that we have a real and living, ongoing and growing relationship with the Holy Spirit. Can you say amen? Amen. With much uncertainty, we can live most certainly and faithfully with the help and power of this special friend with whom we can commune and draw strength and wisdom from. We're talking about the person of the Holy Spirit. Can we say that? the person of the Holy Spirit. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit is very active, but in the King James Version, the New King James, the actual words Holy Spirit only appear three times. The word Spirit's in there a lot, Holy's in there a lot, but they only appear together as Holy Spirit three different times, uh, one of which is in this passage. getting ahead of myself here. Famous prayer of David, Give me a clean heart, O God. And renew a right spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. In the New Testament, the Holy Spirit is highly visible with the actual words Holy Spirit occurring over 90 times. Before I get into the sermon, I just want to talk a little bit about the Godhead. Um, the doctrine of the Trinity uh, was formulated in the third century of the church, fourth century, to defend the deity of Christ. It was called into question, is Jesus God or is he man? And if he's God, how can he be God when there's a father and a Holy Spirit? And if he's man, then how can he be the son of God? And so the church fathers got together and came up with this doctrine where they said, there is one God in three persons. Now, don't let the word person throw you. They didn't say there's three gods. If you study the history, they did not say there is three gods. They use the word person. If you study the Latin word persona, you get a little more understanding of it. it. It implies a center of consciousness. Uh, The way I understand it is is in understanding uh, myself as well as understanding the elements in the earth. There's a lot of things in nature that come in threes, one of which is water. Water comes in three forms. It can be a gas, which we can actually breathe. You know, you can breathe water vapor, go in a cloud sometime in the airplane, open the window if it's not a (laughs) I'm sorry, I grew up in small planes you fly through clouds, you breathe, you're breathing in water. But in liquid form, it'll kill you. You can't breathe in water as a liquid, but as a gas, you can. Uh, you can't walk on water unless you're a deity, you're God. That was part of the proof of who he was when he walked on the water. But if it's frozen, you can walk on water. Um water is very weak it just it, that's part of its strength the weakness of water it just yields to gravity and that creates strength that can actually be harnessed with, with these hydroelectric plants yet ice can be very strong and can even have some some elasticity to it at least i think it does i remember seeing a uh, science film on a pipe filled with ice that they put under pressure and drilled a hole in the pipe. And the ice came out of the hole like a rod. It was amazing. This is a lot of pressure. The ice just came out just slowly. As they applied pressure, just coming out as a rod. Like it was, like it, like it was becoming clay or something. Just amazing. Yet it's all the same thing. But it can have three ways of, to relate to it. That's the way God is. As myself, I have a body... That one day is going to be replaced. I have a mind. That hopefully currently is being renewed. And I have a spirit. That has been reborn. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But these three parts of me. Can be in unity or in conflict. My spirit can say. We need to pray. My mind can say. Man I want to watch 24. And my body can say. There's no food in this house. I'm starving. Yet I'm one person. Now, the difference between me, body, soul, and spirit, and God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, is perfect unity. No conflict ever. Now, I believe in one God so strong, I'm no longer afraid to say Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. There's a certain movement out there called the oneness movement that many times isn't oneness, it's smallness. Trying to bring God down to their element of understanding. When God is incredible, he's a triune God. I'm a triunitarian. Amen. (laughs) So when we talk about the Holy Spirit being a person, we're talking biblically about the Holy Spirit. You're going to see this. Just hang with me here. It's very biblical to understand him as a person. Uh, This is our foundational principle. We want to understand this to everything I'm saying. The spirit of God can be present locally. That is at a specific location in time and space. His biblical proof in creation, the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Remember in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. So there is God. There's the Spirit. There's the Word. There's light. And here is a location where the Spirit is located at a specific place and time. In the beginning, (laughs) specific time, God created the heaven and earth, specific place. The Spirit of God, specific person, was hovering Specific action over the face of the waters, even a very specific place. So we're not approaching God as deists, that he's just off in some nebulous somewhere. He's wound things up, and he's the higher power, and he's the man upstairs. No, he is intimately involved in life and can and can function in specific ways and times and places. Now, difference between his spirit and ours is he's not limited to one place. Amen. Uh, when the angel visited Mary to tell her she was going to have the Son of God, he used these words. The Holy Spirit will come upon you, specific person, and the power of the highest will overshadow you, and that child will be called the Son of God. When Jesus was baptized in water, the Holy Spirit descended. Here Jesus is in the Jordan River, specific place, right? The Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove I don't know that the Holy Spirit has a form like a bird it could very well have a form like we have but the point is he's very gracious descended upon Jesus like a dove and a voice from heaven said this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased so that's the foundation to everything I'm saying the Holy Spirit is a specific person that can be in specific places in times and places and because of that we can trust all these other things to be true based on the word of God. All right, let's move on. Number one, when speaking of the Holy Spirit, Jesus used the personal pronoun he. He. I grew up singing songs like uh, something got a hold of me. I went to the meeting one night and my heart wasn't right. Something got a hold of me. I'd like to change that. Someone got a hold of me. It's talking about the Holy Spirit. Another song, I've got it, I've got it, I've got it, I've got it. Do you got it? Lord, forgive us. Listen to what Jesus said. John 14. Once again, I will pray the Father, and he will give you another comforter that he, another helper, who's this pronoun he referring to? It's referring to the... Helper, the Holy Spirit, that he may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. So the Holy Spirit was going to come in power when Christ left. But as God, he's he's already everywhere, but he's going to be in power when Christ left. And represent Jesus, be Jesus, in their midst. So he's going to be their helper. So he used the personal pronoun he, did not use it. Right. Second point. Jesus said the Holy Spirit would be another helper. Now, for something to be another, there has to be something first, right? If there's going to be another helper... There has to be a helper first. Is that not true? So first there's a helper, then there's another helper. If you're driving another Lexus, that implies there's been another one. There's been a previous. All right. If you're driving another Lexus, that implies there's been a previous Lexus, right? If I'm preaching another sermon, (laughs) it implies there's been some previous ones, right? All right. So who's the previous helper? It's Jesus. Was Jesus a person? Yes. All right. Look at what he said in John 14. I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. Now, why did he say that? Because he was fixing to leave. But this another helper wouldn't leave. Tell your neighbor the Holy Spirit is here to stay. The Message Bible paraphrases it like this. I will talk to the Father, and he'll provide you another friend so that you will always have someone with you. The New Living Translation says, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate. The Complete Jewish Bible says, and he will give you another comforting counselor like me. And the Amplify says, he will give you another comforter. I love the Amplified, It just amplifies everything. And then it defines comforter, counselor. Helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, stand by, that he may remain. The word here that Christ used for helper is the Greek word that's commonly pronounced as parakletos. Correctly pronounced would be parakletos. So if I did that, everybody would say, what's he talking about? So it's the paraklete. It means the one called alongside to help. It's two words, kletos, which means to call, and para, which means beside. A paralegal is someone that helps with legal things, right? A paralegal can help lawyers, a paralegal can help clients, a paralegal can help a judge. There's someone alongside to help. A para church ministry, like Focus on the Family, is a ministry that comes alongside the local church to help strengthen families a parasite is something that comes alongside something to draw life out of it we don't want that a parachute is someone that helps someone who's jumped out of a plane not to say shoot (laughs) Shoot. it's used in the new testament five times four of which are talking about the holy spirit the fifth time is in first john talking about jesus christ we have an advocate with the father Jesus Christ. Or we have a parakletos with the Father, Jesus Christ. So, the Holy Spirit is the another parakletos, the helper. The Holy Spirit was going to take the place of Christ with the apostles after his ascension. And he would be giving them better understanding about Jesus Christ while also strengthening them to be able to endure great difficulties victoriously. And that's the reason for the Following verses, the Holy Spirit will comfort us when we need it. So we are never without an avenue of comfort. Now, when he comforts, he does something. because Jesus said, he would declare me. We'll see this in, in some upcoming verses. Oh, let me get back. He will comfort us, but will always reveal Jesus in the process. You ever approach God with a question and He answers it like it was a who question? Lord, I, I wasn't asking who you are, I was asking, what am I going to do? Uh, an example, um, back during the Gulf War, I was in my early 30s and I had read, I think, Charisma Magazine or some Christian periodical of the revival that was happening in the desert with soldiers where they were taking drinking water and making baptistries and baptizing soldiers by the hundreds. And a 30-year-old chaplain was interviewed, and he says, I was born for this. I'm walking in my destiny. And at that time of my life, I had a job I hated. I didn't feel like I was walking in my destiny. I was discouraged. And it just discouraged me more, not that I wanted to be jealous. So I went to the Lord in prayer, and the Holy Spirit came to comfort me. And as so doing, he revealed me a little bit more about Jesus. How do you think, these words came to me, how do you think Jesus felt when he was in his prime at your age and it got cut short? You have a future ahead of you. He was fixing to have to leave just when things got rolling. That was a pain I'd never thought about. And that comforted me because I know Jesus understands. So that... Comforted me greatly. At the same time, I grew in my understanding of Jesus. Isn't that incredible? Here's a video. The very very thing happens. But it's done by CNN, a newscast, and they kind of turn it into a precious moments thing. With music and, you know, trying to generate, oh, isn't that sweet feeling? Look past that. This is about a kid who needed comfort. And the process of the Holy Spirit comforting him, he got a revelation of Jesus he didn't have before. Watch this. Well, they call him the Sky Angel Cowboy, the voice of a little boy who called a radio station to share a story and a lesson that God showed him, a message that has now captured the world's attention.
1: This is 13-year-old Logan Henderson. He lives on a ranch in the middle of Nebraska isolated from much of the world he often listens to ksbj christian radio
0: out of houston texas which he picks up on sky angel in late october logan made a call to the station that would soon be heard around the world
1: hey mike can i talk to you
0: you bet logan what's up
1: i want to tell you something that god just told me okay last night my dad was roping this calf and this calf been born from a really old cow. She she didn't have really the greatest milk. She didn't have like the vitamin C and stuff. Okay. She broke her back. And this morning I went out and put her down myself. I was talking to God. I was asking God why she was special. And God said you know Logan, but my son was special. But he died for a purpose. <laughs> it's kind of the same thing. That calf was close to me and God's son was close to him.
0: Logan, you're you're so right. It's true. Think you're gonna be okay?
1: Yeah, I'll be fine. But I just I wanted to tell you guys that that is so important. Just remember, when you lose a loved one or a pet, always remember that God gave his son too, and he understands. He will always understand. He will always just run to him. Logan, you're
0: wiser than you know, buddy.
1: Oh, I just figured
0: I'd better call and share with you guys. Love you. Love you, too. Bye. Bye-bye. Wasn't that powerful? Um, I just want to put out a little appeal here. Can we just hit the pause button? little appeal. John Defoe sent me that video. Thank you, John. If you find a good video that might work in a sermon, just send them to me. And I've, I'm building an arsenal. <laughs> Because the ministries that sell them, they're kind of running dry. All they've got left is cheesy stuff and I'm not going to use those. So um, that was good. I love reality anyway. That's powerful. In his grief, having to put down the calf, Holy Spirit ministered to him. Comforted his heart. Let him know that he understood. Because the cross is a very painful thing for God to go through. Amen? So he understands. Reminds say the passage, you know, um, we have not a high priest who, can be touch, who cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted as we are, and yet without sin. We can go boldly to him. Yes. Amen. So the Holy Spirit's ministry is to comfort us, but not just to make us feel better, but to make us stronger and have a deeper understanding of the love of God and the reality of Jesus. Amen. All right. A third point. Jesus said the Holy Spirit will teach, remind, and testify. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. Can we say all things? All things. And bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. <laughs> so the Holy Spirit is a teacher. He will teach us. We need to listen to him. That's why worship is so powerful. That's why Reading the Word is powerful. That's why just getting quiet before God. and and Because every time I'm all fired up, ready to do something in anger, if I'll just slow down, the Holy Spirit will calm me down and bring wisdom where I need it. Anytime I don't, there's a price to pay. 1526, Jesus said, But when the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. That's what happened to Logan. The Holy Spirit was testifying of Jesus. The Holy Spirit always reveals Jesus. He doesn't focus on himself. It's all about revealing Jesus. So that's why we're having to read what Jesus said about the Holy Spirit to get this understanding. Understand, I believe in one God, but I believe that God is incredible and we understand him as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, according to the Scriptures. The Holy Spirit is not an impersonal force. And while we can experience him and enjoy him and be filled by him and be baptized in him and be encouraged by him, those are all glorious experiences, but he is not a glorious experience. You understand that? A wedding is a glorious experience, but a bride and groom are not a wedding They're people. Anyway, you got the point. I could use some other analogies, but hey, got the point, Pastor. My goodness. The Holy Spirit will guide, hear, speak, foretell, and reveal. Look at this passage. John 16. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Because they they would rebuke him if he told them about the cross. Remember that? However, verse 13, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. And don't let any human being tell you they know all the truth. It's a process. We're all learning stuff. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. So you see, like a person, he hears and he speaks. He will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, and he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. So the Holy Spirit is all about Jesus. You could say it like this. The Holy Spirit is Jesus in the earth. He's representing Jesus. Amen? When he has come, he will guide into all truth. He will not speak on his own authority. He will hear what he's to say, and he'll say it and he will foretell us things to come. He will glorify me, and he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. So he will reveal Jesus. So when a person is converted, the Holy Spirit has been working in their life. He may use a track, a a TV uh, program, or a human being to bring a truth to that person. And if that person accepts that truth and believes that truth, that is a miracle. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. When we become believers, we believe Jesus is the Son of God, born of a virgin. How can you believe that? You can't. But if the Holy Spirit convinces you it's true, faith is born, a miracle happens. So the Holy Spirit is operating in your life to bring you to Jesus. Now, let's just take a little sidebar just to keep your attention. Does anyone remember the Pony Express? Y'all are that old? It carried mail from St. Joseph, Missouri to Sacramento, California. From 1860 to 1861, about 18 months, the advent of the transcontinental, first transcontinental telegraph put it out of business. It was very expensive at the time, charging a dollar to carry a half-ounce letter. Um, they had invested about $700,000 in this thing, uh, bought hundreds of horses, set up dozens of state, hundreds of stations, basically over 1,900 miles from Missouri to California, and it would take around ten days to take a letter from Missouri to California. These soldiers, uh, these riders were young men, weighed around 120 pounds apiece. They would ride for uh, 25 miles or so, and change, from 10 to 25 miles, and change horses. But they would they would ride for over 100 miles before they would change riders. Um, But they went out of business. It was a dismal failure. They didn't get the million dollar contract. Such will never be the case with the Holy Spirit. There is no technology. No improvement. No invention. No replacement. No doctrine that will ever take the place of the person of the Holy Spirit. Communication technologies come and go, but the Holy Spirit's here to stay. So don't let anybody scare you from talking about the Holy Spirit. Robert Morris at Gateway Church uh, grew up in a church, and before he went to Bible school, his pastor told him, you stay away from any Holy Spirit talk. And Robert said, the day came when I realized the Holy Spirit was God, and it highly offended me. Stay away from God talk. (laughs) Holy Spirit is God, and he's here to stay, and there's no improvement upon him. No slick way of doing things. Our methods in the church may change, but the Holy Spirit is here to stay. Amen? Amen? The Holy Spirit will convince us of the truth about Jesus. John 16, nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And he came with the sound of a rushing mighty wind and cloven tongues as a fire and filled 120 plus people, maybe up to 500 people on that glorious day, which could have been the upper room or in the temple. It doesn't say, but it was in Jerusalem when it happened on the day of Pentecost. In Acts chapter 2, Peter stood up and declared that Christ is at the throne. He knew he made it because the Holy Spirit came. And he said he poured out this, which you now see in here. He poured out the Holy Spirit. And this is what the Holy Spirit is doing. When he has come. He will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Can we say that? Sin, righteousness, and judgment. judgment. Of sin, because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Of judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. Now, the word convict may throw you off. It does not mean condemn. It means to convince. It means... See, the world's already condemned. God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. So Jesus came to save the already condemned. The Holy Spirit came to convict the already condemned. came to convince the world of its need for Jesus because of sin. Sin separates us from God. Sin is anything in our life that is contrary to the will of God That separates us from God. Bitterness and unforgiveness is a sin. That separates us from God. As he is so holy and pure, he will not be contaminated by our sin. So we've got to deal with our sin. Thank God for Jesus. I know that's a funny expression, but thank God that he did what he did. And paid the price for our sins. And experienced the penalty that was ours to experience. The wages of sin is what? death he died in our place became our substitute came down so that we could go up came out so that we could go in became naked so that we could become clothed became sin so that we could be forgiven Jesus did that for us and the Holy Spirit is here working in the earth to convince the world that they've got a sin problem they needed a savior convicts the world of sin because they do not believe in me That is the ultimate sin that will send people to hell. Not believing in your salvation. Not believing in the one who came to save you. He comes to convict of righteousness. Because I go to my father. There is a stage in your Christian walk. Where you can come to the place. Not by your works. But through relationship with the Holy Spirit. That you will know that you know that you know. That God has made you righteous. And condemnation leaves you forever. We've been declared righteous. Righteousness has been imputed to our estate. He became sin so that we might be made the very righteousness of God. Jesus did us, did that for us. And the Holy Spirit reveals that to us. So it's not just being saved and forgiven, but it's being saved and forgiven and made righteous a high position in the view and kingdom of God. The Holy Spirit comes to reveal judgment because the ruler of the world is judged. Every believer needs to know they're forgiven. They need to believe in Jesus. Every believer needs to know that they are righteous. And everyone needs to know the devil's been defeated. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit will do that. Isn't that good? So when I'm down, when I'm distraught, if I'll just spend some time in prayer, the Holy Spirit will remind me that, hey, the enemy's been defeated. Death couldn't hold him down. Hallelujah. Must be God calling her. He's not talking about Jesus. It's not the Holy Spirit. So let's do some review here. The Holy Spirit is not an it. Let let me also say this. There's some theologies that require the King James Version. There's some theologies that require the King James Version to exist give them another good translation. And if it, it, it doesn't exist, that's why there's a lot of King James only verses, ver, uh, churches, because some of their favorite doctrines can't stand. They, they get unstable ground because of the 16th century English. I'm not afraid to say Holy Ghost. Can we say Holy Ghost? Oh. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost and the Holy Spirit are the same. Amen? Amen. In the King James Version, Jesus used the word Holy Ghost a lot, but there was a time or two he used the word Holy Spirit. It's the same words. I don't know why the translators did it differently. But there was a whole theology developed saying the ghost is the spirit of the departed one. Be careful with that because that's dangerous. Implying that Jesus died and now we've got his ghost running around the earth. The Holy Spirit's not here haunting things. He is the Numa, not the not the departed spirit. The Numa is the breath of God. He is in the Hebrew, the ruach, the breath of God. Amen. I don't know when I was why that came up, but anyway. No Holy Spirit. All right, okay. He is another helper. Don't ever get caught in this game. Is this Jesus talking to me or the Holy Spirit talking to me? The Holy Spirit's in the earth talking to us and God is one. Don't worry about it. Just move forward. He teaches, reminds, and testifies. In another place, Jesus said, that you'll be arrested and hauled into court and be filed charge against unjustly. Don't think beforehand what you're going to say. The Holy Spirit's going to bring to your remembrance to teach you what to say now to be reminded of something means there needs to be something there for the Holy Spirit to work with. Understand we're not puppets. He's not going to come down and make a puppet out of you and, And your voice is going to change. No, he's going to bring to your remembrance things you have learned. It's going to be you talking, you testifying, things you already know. So that means as believers, we need to be true disciples of Christ and be learning things, learning stuff. What did Jesus say about conflict? What did he say about enemies? What did he say about finances? So that when temptation comes... The Holy Spirit will, will remind us what we learned. So we're not in court today, so we're learning stuff. The Holy Spirit will bring things to our remembrance when we need them. Anyway. We see that he guides. There's been times in your life, maybe you've been impressed to go down a different street home and you was spared a wreck and you may never know it. The Holy Spirit guides, leads. We can see this throughout the book of Acts. He will convince us of the truth about Jesus. No one comes to an understanding of Jesus without the Holy Spirit in operation. Let me talk to us today. The gospel is this story that God gave his son so that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have his everlasting life. Now some would mock that. Why would God give his son and not give himself? Well, a greater expression of love is in the giving of our children. Slap me around, that's offensive. Slap my kid around, that's highly offensive. God used the ultimate sin, which was a mistreatment of his son. The planet should have melted at that point. But he used it to express his love for you and me. This is how much I love you. I'm allowing you to do this crap, to show you the crap that's in your life, so you can see how much I love you. God so loved the world, so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that the world through him might be saved. And it was a price. When the son died on the cross, he cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Yet he surrendered his will To the father's will. It was a father's will that he do that. That's the good news. God really loves you. And his son paid the price for your sin. There is no sin more wicked than what happened at the cross. And he forgave that. So surely he can cover the petty stuff that's going on in your life. The Holy Spirit is in this room speaking to hearts. If you find yourself beginning to believe what I'm saying more than you've ever believed it before, the Holy Spirit's working. Not the skillfulness of the preacher. It's the foolishness of preaching, the Bible says, that he chooses to save souls. So in your witnessing, don't feel you have to have all your T's crossed and all your I's dotted. Do your best. Sharpen your sword. But it's the Holy Spirit that does it anyway. So trust him to help. So you're here today. The Holy Spirit who knows all things and teaches all things. Knew you were going to be here and he set you up. Today I'm going to talk about the Holy Spirit and wind up talking about Jesus. Because you cannot talk about God without talking about Jesus. You cannot talk about Jesus without talking about the Holy Spirit. You cannot talk about the Holy Spirit without talking about Jesus. Because God is one. Amen. He knows all things. He knew you were going to be here, but yet there are six things the Holy Spirit does not know. All right, to be continued. No, I won't leave you hanging. Number one, he does not know of any sin that he does not hate. Can we say that God hates sin? sin. It's a violation of his will. It's a violation of his plan and it separates him from his prized creation. Humanity, which was made in his image, it corrupts, it perverts, it distorts, it ruins, and it brings death into the world. He hates it. Number two, he does not know any person who is not a sinner. Number three, he does not know any sinner that he does not love. He's not willing that any should perish, yet he can't stand sin, and yet everybody's a sinner. This is kind of a dichotomy, is it not? Number four, he does not know any way to save sinners who he loves from their sins, which he hates, other than through their calling upon Jesus Christ to forgive them of their sins. Holy Spirit knows of no other way. Yes, but what about all the other religions? Well, we're not dealing with that. We're dealing with you. Are you ready to meet God today? The Bible declares, and the Holy Spirit seconds it, that there is no other way, no other name given among men whereby we must be saved than the name that is above every name, the name of Jesus He came in his Father's name. He received his name by inheritance. He sends the Holy Spirit in his name. And it's through calling on his name that we receive the benefit of his blood. The price he paid on the cross. So is there sin in your life? You're a sinner. He loves you. But there's no other way than through the gift of Jesus Christ. By calling on him in faith, you can be forgiven. Number five, he does not know of a better time to do this than now. And he doesn't know of any better recipient for this than you. He's not willing that any should perish. Oh, but I've done bad. Oh, perfect opportunity for him to show his love. Where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. God chooses to show his love even more powerfully in the lives of those that feel like they're the most unworthy. Can we bow our heads? Are you ready to stand before God and give an account for your life? Do you know that your sins are forgiven and that you are right with God and he has made you righteous? I'd like to lead you in a prayer which can be a beginning of a journey to heaven. It can begin right here. And it all begins with calling on the name of Jesus. And we can do it together. All our heads are bowed. it would be real easy. You can just raise your hand up and say, by raising your hand, you're saying, I want to pray that prayer with you when you pray it. I'm going to lead us all in this prayer. And this can be the beginning for you. If you want to know that you're ready to meet God, if you could just raise your hand. I see two hands. Any other hands? See another hand. All right, let's pray this prayer together. Oh God in heaven, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And I call upon his name for salvation. Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I am, sorry. I am sorry. Take my sins away. I believe that you died for me. And I believe that you have risen from the dead. Save me. Save me. Make, me your child. Make me your child. I receive you into my life by faith. Right now. Holy Spirit, I just ask you to move throughout this room right now in the name of Jesus. Begin to seal the work that you've done here today. Recognize that you haven't begun working today. that You've been working with each person we're praying with right now for years. You brought them to this place of surrender. So, Lord, seal the work that's been done. Help us, Lord, to reach out. To one another with the love of God. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. We would like to pray with you or pray with anyone that would like to receive prayer. And so uh, I'm going to call the ministry team forward in a minute. And we're going to line up across the front to pray with people. When I do that, I'm going to ask us to stand. And when when we all stand, the ministry team is going to come forward. You'd like to receive prayer for anything? We're here to pray with you. If you just prayed that prayer with us and meant it in your heart, we would like to pray with you face to face, where two or three of you agreed concerning anything that they ask would be done for them. We'd like to minister to you, get to know who you are, and minister to you. So, right now, we just let's just all stand. And prayer team, if you could come forward. Kelly, if you could put on some music. And we're here to pray with anyone concerning their need. If you'd like to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we are here to pray with you to receive that blessed experience that the Holy Spirit has for us, where he fills us to overflowing with himself. Amen. So come on. Don't miss this opportunity to receive prayer. In Jesus' name. you and keep you and cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. May the Holy Spirit commune with you every day as you grow in the knowledge of Jesus Christ.